How is everyone doing today? I'm making this podcast. I don't know if I'll actually put this up, but my name is AJ, and that's all you need to know about me. But I hope everyone is doing great. I just want to make this podcast to kind of go over my life and reflect on basically the past week and past month of everything that's going on. Right now, I'm in my room in 43 Rainy Street, enjoying the hell out of my day. I live in a fucking great apartment, and I get to look at this great city of Austin every day. Now, what did I do the past two weeks? I updated my website, tried to make it more of a static blogging website. It's pretty cool. If you want to go check it out, go to ajnorden.com. So far, I just have my favorite books there, and who I am as a person. Not much not much more than that, but it's cool. What else? I finished The New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, which is a book on, it's a really cool book on about how you can only live in the now to enjoy life. So if you think about the past, you live in regret. And if you think about the future, you never enjoy the moment and are always wanting more. And if you always want more, you're never ever happy. So that's about it. Hmm. A minute 24 seconds gone by I've always wanted to make a podcast but I've basically been procrastinating for so long that now I'm just making this and hoping at least I get good at talking last night was UT's graduation I went downtown and saw a lot of graduates a lot of people were graduating congrats to all the UT grads congrats to everyone graduating I hope you know more of what to do in your life than I do hopefully, but I have a great job. I know a lot of people struggle to get a job. Um, unemployment is a big thing in America, but it's bigger than some of the Nordic countries. Shout out to Sweden. Shout out to Finland. Finland. Is it Sweden or Finland is the best education? And sorry for my background noises. Something I'm think about, thinking about a lot lately is time. Time is really important because in a way, it is, it's an equalizer. I think time and death are huge equalizers where everyone has the same amount of time, but it's how you use it. So you still have as much time as Bill Gates. You still have as much time as Bernie Sanders. You still have as much time as Donald Trump. But how you use it matters. And something I've always told myself I wanted to do is I wanted to learn Spanish. And I should make the goal of trying to learn Spanish by the end of this year. See? Pero no se. But I don't know if I can commit to that. And I really do want to commit to that. Right now, the only two things I'm consistently doing is trying to get a girlfriend and working out a lot. I do my workouts a lot. My diet has been lagging. I need to stick to the intermittent fasting and like the 99% dark chocolate and not deserting as much i probably need to go back to costco but sadly oh my transportation in austin has gotten killed gotten smitten by uber leaving sorry for the long pause i had to think about that uber left it's very sad i miss it a lot i wish uber would come back baby come back baby come back Uber and Lyft left, and it makes going downtown harder, and a lot of other various things. I used to go shopping with it. I used to go to the gym with it. So now I miss it a lot, and it was so cheap. 
There is another app in Austin called GitMe, which you can try. But GitMe is very expensive, so I don't know what to do. But this Austin, the ride sharing in Austin has been very capricious. It suddenly, boom, Uber was gone the next day. I, I don't know what to do now. And I, hopefully I get it back. Hopefully it comes back, though. But, so without that, I've been, I've been even struggling on going to the gym more because CrossFit has gotten me really fit. It has taught me that high functional movements at high intensity are really good for you. And I'm actually able to do a pull-up now. And I can clean and jerk over 100 pounds. Let's go. And I can clean 135 pounds. I really wish I could clean 165 pounds. I couldn't do it at my CrossFit competition. Okay. Hmm. Let's take a something I'm wondering really is if I can make, carve out the time in my life to teach myself Spanish and if I should teach a class because I haven't been that good lately. I recently downloaded this app called coach.me which makes me do things so it makes me floss every night which I'm on a 3-day flossing streak. Woohoo, 3-day flossing. Psh, sound effect. Yeah, woohoo! And I probably should add learn a language in that. Hmm, maybe I should do that right now. Pause the video? No. Can't pause podcasts. It's not for editing. This is uneditable. That would be, that would make me a blunderbuss. Sorry, I'm looking at this vocab list and I'm trying to use every vocab word in <laughs> on this list. So a blunder, a blunderbuss is a clumsy person. Hmm. But I did haphazardly make start recording this podcast without any real plan. What is everyone following today? I haven't been reading as much on other events. I don't know much about pop culture or media, really. But I have been following the election. I think the election is really interesting. I think Donald Trump actually has a chance of winning. I don't think he's that smart of a guy. But I do think he knows how to use the media really effectively. And that's what helps him out, is that he has much more media coverage. If I had my choice, I would vote for Bernie Sanders for president. And I think it's really interesting on the Democratic side, and this helps Donald Trump, is that Bernie is not giving up, and I'm glad he's not giving up because he's the only person, I think, who actually cares about the middleman or somebody who's really struggling in America. His record shows that. He's been arrested for it. He used the campaign for civil rights movements. He's always campaigned for that. He's been an independent his whole life. He doesn't have, you know, he's not owned. This election that was being shaped by being owned because Donald Trump is not owned. You know, Hillary Clinton is owned by Wall Street. Bernie's not er owned. But <clears throat> Trump is so good at using the media from all the years in the spotlight, from his divorces to The Apprentice Show. He knows how to use the media. And so he's taken all this attention away from Bernie. And I think if Donald Trump was not running, Bernie would stand a much better chance at beating Hillary. He would have just gotten more attention. He would have been the star of the election, the guy who wanted a political revolution. But instead, Donald Trump gets it for saying all these crazy, crazy, crazy things. Or maybe not crazy, but just, you know, not being politic politically correct. You know, Donald Trump knows how to get in front of a TV. It's a really good skill to have these days. And... But I do think Bernie still has a chance to victory, not because of voting. 
If you look at the votes, it's basically impossible. I think at this point, it is impossible. It's not, in, unless he gets 100% of the vote, which just isn't true, because the way, also the way our, the delegate system works is really crazy, and superdelegates are just there to ensure that the political establishment gets their candidate, and you can't actually vote. Superdelegates are really dumb, in my opinion, because Hillary has like 450 out of the 500 superdelegates, but, you know, the superdelegates go with the winner. If Hillary gets indicted, well, that could cause, if she goes to court for these emails, for these emails she destroyed, these email servers she kept in her house, then that could, that would be a big deal. So then she would have to bow out and then Bernie could step in and Bernie versus Trump would ensue. And basically, basically you'd have a guy who only cares about the issues, in my opinion, Bernie versus Trump, who will say anything to get elected. And, you know, his strategy of bullying people, of name calling people, you know, many people think it's childish or many people are okay with it. You know, a lot of people relate to it. A lot of people don't like the politicians. They think they're bought. And a lot of people can relate with Donald Trump. Or they like that. They like the fact that he tells it like it is. And they'll overlook the fact that he's a bully. He's a guy who doesn't do stuff as well. And so I do think, as if you look at any of the stats, if you look at polling, you know, Donald Trump is going to do well in this election. He's not going to get blown out by, I think, either Bernie or Hillary, a lot of polls show that Bernie does a lot better, like 10 points, 10%. And I know in politics, that's a big deal to be up by 10 points. I personally don't think that's a big deal. But another thing to note is that we have a long way in this election. You know, this election has received a lot of attention because what Donald Trump's um, started running in July or June, and it's almost been it's almost June or July now. So it's almost been a year since he's running. And we haven't got to the presidential part, which means the post-convention part, the post-Democrat and post-Republican. So that's that's really interesting. So, you know, like, we're going to have him pick a VP. We're going to have him, you know, have the, th what's it, three big, three major debates against Hillary or against, against his rival. And he's pretty good at debating. He just makes fun of him. I think he just, he mostly, he's good at, you know, enrapturing, he's good at conjuring up emotions. You know, he'll talk about 9-11, he'll talk about, you know, things that are very sensitive, terrorist attacks, Paris attacks to incite, you know, emotions instead of talking about, you know, the real issues and the fact that I think real change is a slow and steady process. You know, if you want free college, well, maybe you don't, you can't legalize a bill for everyone to have free college. You, you know, slowly... Um, lessen the price little by little and, you know, maybe increase taxes so some people have to, so some, the rich are paying more for them and you slowly do that. That's how I think real, real progress happens very slowly in, in reality. You know, maybe one huge bill gets passed or there's an icon of a movement like a, you know, Einstein comes up with equals MC squared and that's really important. But like he gets there by slaving day in and day out and making this very little incremental progress. And when I look at anyone who's very successful or very good at what they do, that really is kind of the top. Maybe they have a few tricks that really, you know, progress them by a huge margin. Like they made them better by 10 to 20 percent. But they only got there because they spent a thousand hours failing before that or a thousand hours watching somebody else do it or just staying in and never giving up. And so that's what I think slow progress is. When I look at one of my heroes, 
Martin Luther King Jr., he's a really cool guy, but he, what I always admire about him is just how he took things slowly and how he was patient. You know, he went to jail many times, wrote many speeches, gave many speeches. Obviously, he's known for the very famous I Have a Dream speech. But he, if you go back and look at a lot of his speeches, he was a very good speech maker. He had, he had honed that skill for that big moment on that March on Washington, which is an iconic moment and definitely shouldn't be taken away from him. And in my opinion, is definitely one of the best speeches because he knew how to write a speech. He knew how to make it resonate. He said that many people, a lot of people don't know a lot of the other words, but they would know, I have a dream. They would know, you know, the words that, those words he repeats over and over again in the speech. And it is a great speech. And, you know, he went to jail a lot. And also something that I found really interesting, it was in Malcolm Gladwell's book, David and Goliath. That's a great book. I should put that on my blog. Is that Martin Luther King, I believe, before he went to Alabama for the Freedom Summer and, oh, Selma, sorry, for like the Selma, the Selma marches and the peaceful marches and had all the silent protests, he was in another city in Georgia. Maybe I should actually look this up, but look this up. I take no credit for this being truthful, but the main the main point of this story will be true, or at least what I read, is that he used to, before he went to Selma, before he had his Freedom Summer, and it was a huge deal, and he got major news coverage, and basically was a very good big turning point in the Civil Rights Movement, he was in another city in, I believe, Georgia, because he's from Atlanta. And he tried doing the similar things he did in Selma. And what that was was peaceful protests and marches. And the mayor at this in this city did not invoke violence against Martin Luther King, meaning that they would have their peaceful protests, you know, in a library or a gym or a you know cafeteria or a restaurant, and the the she the mayor would not call the cops in. She would tell the cops to lay low. They wouldn't do anything. They wouldn't incite any violence. So because they would incite any violence or basically provide a catalyst or an opposite reaction to Martin Luther King's peaceful protests, he didn't get much attention. He, it wasn't on the news, and nobody really cared, because when, you know, nobody's, you know, throwing things at them, or putting them in jail, or turning hoses on them, it doesn't get a lot of coverage. It's just a bunch of people, black and white, sitting down, Maybe not even talking. It's really not much to look at. And so, and the reason because the mayor didn't incite any violence at them was because she knew what Martin Luther King was trying to do. She knew he wanted a revolution. He needed an opponent to get this attention. That's what really, that's what people like, and that's what he wanted. Donald, I mean, not Donald Trump, Martin Luther King wanted to use the media to his advantage. And so, the mayor didn't do anything, so Martin Luther King gave up in that city. He thought he had failed, but what he did is he moved to Selma. He went to probably Mobile, another city in Alabama as well, and he did the same things. And what was interesting is the same mayor in Georgia called the mayor in Selma and warned him about Martin Luther King. He warned him about his tactics. He says, don't let him get to you. He's just going to try to incite you to violence and arresting them, and that's what he wants. He wants the attention. He wants news cameras and people reporting on him. And that's exactly, and, but this time, the mayor in Selma, who I don't know the name, fell for the bait. 
she threw them in jail. She turned the hoses on them, turned the dogs on them. And there's very iconic pictures of that happening, of dogs biting other people. And that's what made the headlines in that summer. That's what everyone saw. Everyone saw the violence and said, geez, these guys are just sitting there, you know, silently. They're just walking on the street. You know, they're just marching across the bridge and they're not doing anything bad. And that's what made people's heads turn and say, hey, you know, maybe racism isn't that good of a thing in America. You know, these people are being pretty, treated pretty unfairly and it's just the color of their skin. But, you know, Martin Luther King had to go through that slow process of failing in Georgia or wherever. What a great story to learn to learn to you know succeed in Alabama, and he never gave up, and you know, in a way I respect Martin Luther King a lot because, you know, he died, he died, and he didn't even really finish what he started. A, a huge civil rights act got passed basically because of his shooting. You know, the I think it's the 1964-68 civil rights act. I learned this stuff in high school, guys. Give me a little break. And I read the book a long time ago. But, you know, a civil rights act got passed to him. He has a holiday. I think he's probably one of the most deserving people of a holiday. Um, I say um a lot too. This should be called the ADD channel. The AJDDD channel. That's what it should be called. So I can switch subjects as much as I want. But that was pretty cool. But I always admire him, you know, he first of all, he died in some random hotel, I think in Memphis, just got shot, um, assassinated one day. And, you know, he truly, you know, he his house was burned down, he's probably threatened thousands of times, hundreds of times at least, had to have security constantly. And, you know, he, bra he didn't care. He braved the movement and, you know, he was willing to die for what he believed in. And he ultimately did die for what he believed in, probably didn't think that and that's something I think is imperative in life another keyword is to actually have something you're willing to die for and that's why I always respect Martin Luther King because it could be anything but to put everything on the line like that I just I don't think I've ever met anybody like that anyone who I can truly look and say hey you you were willing to die for everybody him and Jesus Thank you, Martin Luther King. We'll celebrate you. Black History Month, February, which is really close to my birthday, which is my birthday, February 18th. The day after Michael Jordan, another one of my heroes, February 17th. So after MJ comes AJ. Oh, yeah. So back to time management. So something I've been really bad on is time management. I haven't been studying my Spanish, and if I want to travel anywhere with my Spanish, I've got to. I've got to study Spanish. Work only gives me two weeks off, so I should use that Spanish wisely, use that time wisely, so I can go do things with my life, and so I can go to Colombia. I can live somewhere else if I want. I also need to save money. I started investing my money. This is a free ad for Wealthfront. Wealthfront seems really cool. Um, they basically invest your money for free and they do certain things only rich people with very high-end accountants can do, like tax harvesting. If you want to read more about that, go to wealthfront.com. That's not an ad. I invested it. Um, I made $50 the first day 
I invested in it. They invest all the money for you and you can choose your risk tolerance. So you can choose from a scale of one to 10 of what your risk tolerance is. I've only been doing it for two weeks, so I'll let you know. Another app I use is Robinhood, which is free stock investing to the major stocks. So that's cool. And I took, I used to, I made a lot of money off Tesla stock. Thank you, Elon Musk. Shout out to you all the time. Pretty cool. Um, thank you for releasing the Model 3. I don't really understand the stock market, but the only way I've been able to gauge the market is you really want to look, is just look at, if you want to invest in a company, look at the future and say, hey, is it very likely they're going to release a new product or is the quarter going to end? Because every time a company announces like its quarterly revenue or releases a new product, their stock pretty much goes up or down. Every year, I, every year since what 2007, Apple releases a new iPhone and their stock. I'm pretty sure it's gone up like spiked every time. Look at the spike when Tesla released the Model Three. It went up a lot. Look up. I used to invest in Facebook, so Facebook's Facebook has been on a tear. Their number of users and revenue has gone up at least the last two quarters when I had money in them, and both times it shot up by like 10% every time. Okay. That's if you've got a good amount, of, that's a thousand dollars. You just made a hundred dollars easily in Facebook. So that's all I know about the stock market. That's my tips. I don't know anything. I've read some books on it. Um, definitely cut your losses early. So if you go down, if it goes down by 5%, don't wait 20 years for it to go back up. You can just take it out, conserve your losses. The stock market is about making money and not waiting. In my opinion, patience does not give you money, except you could do. The Warren Buffett strategy, which is invest in stocks and wait 50 years and then be the second richest man on earth. Sorry, sorry, Warren, you're not the first, even though you have been. But that works too. If you have any stock advice, email me, ajn123 at vt.edu or Alex Norton at vt.edu, Virginia Tech. Go Hokies. Congrats to everyone graduating from Virginia Tech this year. Talking about this podcast, this podcast, by the way, is for me. Shout out to me because I just wanted to reflect on my life, reflect on where I'm going, how I'm going, and listen to myself later possibly if I can, and at least make this podcast once every week. I'm going to cut it off at 30 minutes just because it's 1.46 right now, and I want to walk to Shake Shack or some other place today. And have a great day. Something I'm also trying to work on is my tonality and my ability to enunciate so I sound good and can talk to people. My job is not very speech-oriented, but I would like it to be. Also, (laughs) I need to have a Spanish accent. So, como esta? Um, Quiero... How do you say I like to party? I don't know. Quiero caminar. I like to walk. I really want to go to Colombia, mostly because not really to see anything. If you want to go see things, I would go to Europe. I want to meet beautiful Colombian women. I love Latino women, and I would love to go to Colombia. They have, I hear they're very nice. Just watch out for the cocaine. Or do some cocaine. Sounds good. And being able to understand them at their very fast-paced Spanish would be awesome. And being able to make friends, South Americans, 
Latinos. Do you only call Latinos if it's like middle America? Like like Mexico to the Panama Canal? I don't know. But maybe. We'll see. Who knows? But that'd be cool. The Panama Canal. Thank you for making that. Salute to that. And so I can understand them. Entender to understand. I have a few Spanish cards in front of me. Um, Puede ir al baño? Can I go to the bathroom? That's the most important Spanish phrase you need to know. And um, gracias. And por favor, please. Cool. So, I guess the biggest thing I should worry about now, and the biggest thing everyone should worry about, is how are you using your time? Because time is something you never get back. You can get back, you know, a championship. You can get it back next year. You can get back money. You can get back relationships. Okay, maybe not relationships. If you really try, maybe. It's possible, though. But you can never get back time. You could possibly get back a relationship. But you can't get back time ever. And that's kind of cool because, like I said, I think death, death is, in a way, it's the greatest invention because it is the, the start of a new beginning. For, it's the end of you and the start of the new beginning. If you turn out to be some old curmudgeon, then you can then talk to someone else. Or then a new person comes about, someone with new ideas. And that's what makes life cool is that someone else is being born who can build on what you're building. You know, some records, they think, well, they'll stand forever. You know, the Warriors just broke the all-time, just set the all-time NBA winning record, beating the Bulls, led by my favorite basketball player, Michael Jordan. Didn't think it would be beat, but it was. So, you know, things are always meant to be broken. And time is the catalyst that allows, if you just give things time, you know, a lot of things will happen. This earth may be inhabitable, uninhabitable in two billion years because the sun may explode or you know global warming may kill our ozone and we'll get way too hot because we did not listen to scientists but global warming oh global warming definitely true um i would never side if a politician told me they didn't believe in global warming that's definitely cannot trust them and the thing about politics that i kind of don't like is so when you're running in my opinion when you're running for politics and this is really hard to think about in general as a human being but whenever you're doing something, you're probably just thinking, most of the time you're thinking short term. So you're thinking in terms of presidency, a four-year term. Eight years term, I think most, most presidents do get eight years. And definitely in the last century, that's definitely been true. Unless you're a Nixon or you get shot. RIP JFK. So when you propose climate changes, you may just do it for a four-year or eight-year period so you, your presidency can look good. Oh, during my presidency, I increased jobs. I had some nice sunroofs over the White House. But for climate change, you know, this may be a century-long uphill battle where we have to constantly reinforce ourselves, constantly go to solar power, constantly, you know, upgrade our resources so you know, we can ensure the next generation is not dying of heat. And also the last 12 months have been the hottest on record. Hasn't been that hot in Austin lately. Been very cloudy and raining. But I do love Austin. If anyone is considering moving, I've lived in Seattle, England, Virginia, D.C. I've been to Ohio. 
and Austin, Texas. And I got to say, Austin's one of my favorite places. There is almost no winter, and I love it. The population is big. It's a really big, growing city. If you like startups, the startup scene is here, but there's a lot of old jobs, and the food is great. I would definitely be a vegetarian. Also, the dogs are very friendly here. And everyone, everyone is nice, nicer in Texas. That's such a, in, that's such kind of a tiny statement, just to say everyone's nice, but everyone really is pretty cool. I don't have many bad experiences with people. I still want to go to Europe. I still think people in Europe, people who just, I think, grow up with less, learn to be nicer. Because you, when you're, when you have less in your life, you learn, you lean more on your emotions, or you lean more on your relationships. So you learn to covet those things, the things that you can have since you don't have money. And I think that's really important. That's what happiness is. Happiness is enjoying what's in front of you. You know, I just have this stick, and that's all you have, and you defend your life with that stick. That would be pretty awesome. Okay, we have the final minute of this podcast. What are we going to do in this final minute? I guess we're going to say what my goals are for this next week. So I'm going to try to work out. Oh, I promised myself I would go to this charity run event, Get Back on Your Feet, in which you run with people for like an hour every day. That would be cool. And it would get my cardio up if I ever want to break a four-minute mile, which will be so difficult. Also, I'm going to try to keep my room clean, put in my mouth guard every day for a week. And that's, oh, and standing up at work. God, I have so many things to do, it's hard to concentrate on all of them at once. But without any direct action, you cannot get anywhere. I'm going to leave this podcast off with one of my favorite quotes by MLK. The ultimate measure of man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. Thank you, MLK. You're the main man of this podcast. Have a great day.